Hello and welcome back to the Steely Podcast. I'm Claire Hogan. And I'm Jacob Hall. And today we are talking about all things creativity. We've got some great segments for you coming up. Um, some interviews with professors, some interviews with some people here right at the Studio for Teaching and Learning Innovation in the Swan Basement. And it's going to be a great episode. <laughs> I am so excited that you're here listening to this podcast and being with us today. I think you're going to really enjoy these segments coming up. One of the best things about being here yeah, at Steely best, in the Swim sure. basement, G64, is how many things are happening all at once. We've all got the, the background noise. The podcast recording right over here. There's a in meeting. This corner. There's Mike's a, eating yogurt in the back. <laughs> We've got all sorts of things going on. So you might hear some voice in the background, but don't worry. That just means we're a family coming together and making some wonderful things happen down here. <laughs> So proud. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> We're a family. And families are noisy. <laughs> this is the Steely Podcast. We're going to learn you some things. This is the Steely Podcast. Innovation that excites. Fishers, that's this Mazda. They don't know that. Who's they? The listeners. What if they drive a Mazda? Steely, I hope you don't drive a Mazda. <laughs> We are back at the Steely Podcast today to talk about creativity and innovation. We have Amanda Morris here who works at the Steely office as an instructional designer. So hi Amanda, thank you for coming to talk to us. Um, Briefly, can you kind of give an explanation of what this job title is, what you do on a daily basis, and how um, it's innovative and creative? Sure. So my job title is instructional designer, and I have a couple different things that I'm working on on a daily, weekly basis, which is online course development. So I help uh, faculty members with their courses that are either online or hybrid models. And I work with them to design the course, design the elements that go into the course, the course content. And uh, basically I'm consulting with them on how to engage with students in an online environment, how to facilitate conversations, how to build the content in Blackboard so that students can easily access all the materials in a way that makes sense to them. So I'm really consulting with them on how to build their courses online and then interact with the students in that online environment. And then the other part of my job is that I actually get to do consultations with faculty members on a more of a request basis. So let's say a professor has a project they want to do with the class, but they're just not sure how to get it off the ground and running. They may reach out and ask me to meet with them and brainstorm what would be the best way to have students do the project, what would be engaging, what technology is out there, um, what things maybe the students would be interested in doing, and they're just not really sure how to do it. I can help them kind of bring that project to fruition for them. We walk through the steps it would take, the planning, maybe coming up with a project checklist and what tools they need, what technology they might need. And then from there, um, you know, they go back and kind of refine their plans. And then maybe I come into the classroom and help them introduce the project to the class um, and then come back and reflect with them after to see, assess how it went with the students, if the students enjoyed the project, if they felt like they were really able to assess student learning with that new type of project in the classroom. Um, And that's really where I feel like the most innovation comes is from doing those um, projects and and individual consultations with faculty. In fact, I was just talking with a faculty member yesterday and she said, I just really need to up my game. Can you help me do that? 
I said, I got you. I can up your game. That is something that we do here at Steely. We help you up your teaching game. Um, and so that conversation led to her asking questions about what it is we do at Steely and, and how I could help her up her game and what technology I knew about and what projects have I been working on recently that she might need to know about, what do students like to do. Um, and through those conversations now, I'll have an opportunity to maybe work with her and maybe something that she's never done in the classroom, we're going to try it. So trying new things in the classroom, that's where that innovation and creativity really gets to spark and come to life for me. Can you just, do you have any of like, when you go and talk to a professor, did you have any particular moment when you were like, this is so, like where you had this activity or you had the suggestion that you didn't even think you were going to get to, but you're like, wow, after the fact, that was one of the most creative things I've thought about. And it really, you got good feedback from it. And that's a broad question. <laughs> does anything come to mind? Yeah, no pressure on yeah, that I know, question. I know, I'm giving you all the hard hitters <laughs> over here. <laughs> For me, most of the time, it's little wins and little hacks that really get me excited. And just to give an, so to give an example of something like that, um, I was working with some uh, professor who in the past maybe just had discussions in class or maybe used uh, Blackboard's discussion board. And the types of conversations they were having, um, and because students, you know, because we're still living through a pandemic, some aren't always in the classroom. And she needed to have conversations in this class, specifically um, African studies, that might not have been very easy to have, right, without having that really good classroom co community and building that culture. And so I suggested that she try using video reflections in her class and instead have the students um, record themselves talking about the subject and reflecting on the readings and recording themselves and and so they had time to like really write out a script and really think about what they wanted to say so that it was it was meaningful, right? And then their peers had the opportunity to sit and watch all of these other students who are talking and reflecting and they're seeing each other's faces and they're listening to each other's ideas. And then they came back together as a class after the fact to really have that deeper conversation once they've all had a chance to share and interpret the readings in their own space and their own time. And um, I actually got to go into the class after she tried it with her students and they used Flipgrid to do it. And then I had the students fill out um, a reflection survey after and I asked them about the experience. What do you like better? Do, do you like just having to share in class or you know, write a discussion board post about this, or did you enjoy the video? And most of them said they really actually preferred doing the video because they had time to really process the readings and just talk about it. And they didn't feel as pressured to be perfect as they do sometimes in their writing. And they were able to just have a conversation. And so that was just a small change in what she was doing. She, this, it was the same. They were reflecting on the readings trying to apply it to the real world, but just making it more of a conversation and getting comfortable hearing each other's voices and seeing each other's faces, it did so much more. It built that community in the classroom. It got them using technology. It got them doing something different, and um, and it got them more engaged with the class. And so, you know, it's just little moments like that where you just change something, you know, you still are, you have the same goal, but you just get there a little bit differently. And when you do that, 
even though that was such a small thing, it impacted so many other parts of her class. That's amazing. I mean, even from a student perspective, I, and given the pandemic, even having those videos, I think would make a huge impact um, versus just seeing their name and seeing, you know, what they typed out instead. So that's awesome. And I'm hoping that anyone who's listening right now who might be a professor or even on a smaller scale, they might be able to think about these smaller implementations, which will have a much wider effect. Um, but with that, I really want to thank you again, Amanda, for coming out and speaking to us. And I hope that if anyone's listening that might make be able to make use of Amanda's services, that this really just gets you to come to Steely and try it out because it's really awesome what we're doing over here. That's right. And up your game, right? Yeah, up let your us, game. Let us up your game. <laughs> Perfect. The Steely Podcast. Listen to students talk about teaching. Well, hi, I'm Grace Helmick, and I'm a senior, and I'm a student partner here with Steely. Innovation is taking what you have and figuring out the most creative way to use it so that it's most efficient and that it's going to be the most effective that it can be. And I think that's where creativity comes into innovation. You know, we need to be creative in our approach to academic, academia and to the real working world, uh, et cetera, because when we are creative in those endeavors, we're finding ways that we can be the most efficient, the most effective, using the materials that we have and making the most out of maybe a little. And I think that's what's so important about creativity and innovation. Wow, you got that on your first try. Three, Three things, things Grace wishes she had, she had in the classroom, classroom but does, but not. does not. Number one, I wish that we had more reflection and time to spend on student work. I feel like a lot of times we turn in papers, assignments, videos, etc. And I really value being able to see what my classmates have done and like having some time to have like some peer feedback as well as feedback from the professor. Plus, I just am genuinely interested in like what my peers have to offer. Number two, I wish that we had more creative options uh, in place of assignments. I've been in classes before where professors have told me that I can either write a paper or I can come up with my own project if I run it by them. And I almost always do them my own project because I want to just do something creative. And I feel like when I do that, I tend to turn out better work. And it's something that I, I actually am invested in. And number three, I wish that we also had um, some more time in the classroom to see some of like the professor's work and faculty work. Because I feel like a lot of times I don't really know what my professors like I know what they study but I think it would be really cool I have some classes where my professors do like share sometimes like readings that they've like written or like excerpts from books they've worked on and I think it'd be really cool to like in tandem with the class material like get a like little insight into who they are and what they do so I can kind of see them outside of like an academic well still within the academia world but like outside of a classroom setting This is the Steely Podcast. Students and teachers learning together. So, Jacob, what does creativity mean to you? Wow. Um, Well, creativity (laughs) is the sort of pushing past, um, like, whatever you might have in front of you and and creating something (laughs) new that then becomes... Very esoteric, Jacob. You're really <laughs> starting off strong there. <laughs> I love it. Pushing past, overcoming, going yes, through. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like creativity is one of those nebulous concepts where unless you have a specific example, it's hard to define. But I feel like creativity is like all around us in college because it's kind of this 
specifically curated environment for you to be creative every day. Yeah. I know there's times where I feel creative, mm. but I don't know how to express why. Is your brain just lighting up in different yeah. areas and you're just <laughs> if you were doing to scan jazz my hands brain. constantly. Exactly. Yeah. It's like lit up in the mm -hmm. scan. Yeah. No, I, I think that there are like times when and, and like ways in which you can make yourself more creative mm. and like set yourself up for creative success. Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to hard to pin down. Are I know there... I, I definitely have low points of creativity, like when I'm on the third floor of SWEM for my fifth hour <laughs> and my brain is just no longer making connections between my synapses and it's just Yeah. That's a low point for me. Yeah. But... I read somewhere that it's like the first twenty minutes that you're working on something, you have the most like focus and ability to create in it and oh. then after that like you kind of need to reset or see Jesus that's interesting break. because for the first 20 minutes i spend that time arranging the pencils and highlighters that i'm <laughs> going to be using for the assignment so maybe I, i'm wasting that time i think the 20 minutes start when you're doing when i finish <laughs> my elaborate sort of pentacle of, of highlighters yeah. to summon my creativity then it, the timer starts okay that makes sense how many highlighters do you have Claire? i have a rainbow of eight i want to say okay I have all these highlighters in their specific brand. Shout out to Zebra Mild Liner. We're oh, yeah. not sponsored. God, I wish we were. Um, and I swap them out every semester, so I have a different set. Wow. Yeah, and then I arrange them in rainbow order. Yeah. For me, I feel like creativity honestly comes out of like structure. Mm. Like for me, I really like to have a very structured environment, even down to something like having my highlighters in rainbow order, as wacky as it may seem. I feel like that allows me to focus less on the environment because I've already curated that and just focus on the task at hand. The Steely Podcast. This counts for our participation points. The Steely Podcast. Assess this. Today I am interviewing Professor Omiemi Artisha Green from the theater department. And uh, you're also in another department too, right? Africana Studies. Africana Studies, yes. So um, I'm interviewing Professor Omiemi Artisha Green from the Theater Department and the Africana Studies Department. And we are going to be talking about creativity and innovation in education. So thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. So just to kind of start out with, we love kind of questioning the traditional structures and relationships in the college setting. So. One thing we talk about a lot is how objective it can all boil down to be. Like it's, oh, you did 94% well on this assignment. Oh, yes, you officially passed the class versus not passing it. Theater and creativity, those are not things that are so objective. So what is it like teaching something like that in an environment that can be so kind of prescriptive? So there are... Um there's lots of room in the discipline to um, look at things objectively. Um, actually, that's a great place to start because if we're teaching students to embody other characters, then they do have to apply some degree of objectivity, right, in order to pick up the truth of the um, energy, the characterization that they're trying to embody. So we don't uh, separate objectivity from subjectivity. The subjectivity perhaps comes into play when we're assessing how well someone has embodied or not another character. Or maybe even in the grading of some of my assignments that I give in some of the courses. I try to come up with um, 
designs that allow students to lean into areas that they feel really comfortable working in while challenging them to work in areas that they may be less familiar with, right? So a paper is traditionally a structured kind of an assignment that most students expect in a class. As you graduate into some of my more advanced classes, papers become shorter and major course assignments become more open as to the possibilities that they can be, right? And that's where grading becomes really subjective because talent is one of those relative things that I think is hard to define. It's based on um, a number of things that may be different for each person. I try to, even in the subjective assignments, come up with a standard, right, to make sure that at least this painting this quilt, this original music composition, this uh, rendition, performance rendition of a play meets X number of criteria, but then the rest is fair game for both you and I. I like to be surprised. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you are kind of transitioning students into that more open-ended sort of stuff, how do they you? Is there like kind of a process to getting them into into it? Are they kind of like, oh my gosh, what do you expect? Or is it just like exciting to let loose at this point? Uh, It's exciting to let loose at this point, but there I have seen that (laughs) each time that happens, there is this discombobulation that happens with students, right, who expect, oh, so we're not going to write a 15-page paper? No, that paper is actually going to be somewhere between five and eight pages, and the bulk of your energy is going to be spent on moving that paper into something that's really theoretical, you know, into something that's tangible, so applying the theory in some way. I want you to spend more of your energy there. And that is a little discombobulating for some students because they're used to just maybe thinking and articulating their thoughts in paper form, but to apply those thoughts theoretically, which is what every creative I think does. I take theory Mm -hmm. in my direction and put it into action so that it looks a particular way with the lights, so that you can see it in the costume formations, so that you can see it in the formation of the set design. And I want students to be able to do that same thing on a smaller scale. So in the general institution of Mm -hmm. academia, are there any areas kind of within this institution where you think we could afford to be a bit more creative in how we conduct things? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I just had um, a discussion with one of my mentees this Mm -hmm. morning, and we were talking about uh, in-person classes versus uh, virtual classes, and they now find themselves in a position where they have the option to attend class on a given day virtually or in person, right? Mm -hmm. And so I said to myself, I think that requires um, certainly more um, effort and thinking creatively on the part of the professor for sure, right? Because at any given moment, you may not know what the in-person dynamic is going to be. And that could affect the you know construction of a particular assignment or the outcomes for a particular day but how convenient would it be to have the choice to press a button and be present and active and engaged 
from wherever you are. Or, yes, I'm actually going to show up in person and be present and active and engaged. But the, the level of accessibility and choice between having that kind of hybrid option at will, mm-hmm. I thought, was absolutely beautiful. And if I knew that as an instructor going into the semester that at any point my students, you know, had that option, I would certainly prepare differently but I like that I love it that is one of the things that I have come to appreciate most about the dual pandemics that we found ourselves living through Mm -hmm. these past almost two years is that we have been able um, to build community through different technological formations in ways that we had not operated in previously And I think we've been able to capture um, new audiences, certainly, Mm -hmm. from a performative aspect, um, but that we have actually empowered our students in ways that not all of them, I think, appreciate just yet, Um, but as they age, (laughs) (laughs) like I'm aging, I'm finding that I love it. The Steely Podcast. Peter pushes buttons. The Steely Podcast. Grace pushes my buttons. We have so many buttons. This whole episode uh, this week is about creativity and innovation, Peter. And we can be very creative and innovative as improvisers, as performers, and take whatever it is that that soundboard gives us and spin it into something that makes sense. Charge! That's not okay. I wouldn't call it like a charge horn. That's like a hear ye type. No, thing. no, that's a charge horn. No, a charge, the a charge game. horn is like da 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 da. That was that. What that was? No, li- play it again. That's mm. like you, that comes before someone being like a message from your king. This is true. I know it's true. I'm right. All right. So, well, then in that case. Hear ye, hear ye, a message from the Steely Podcast featuring Grace. And Peter. Today's episode, Creativity and Innovation. Yes. So creativity and innovation. What's important about those two things is that um, I feel like innovation is always fueled by creativity. But it's not a scary thing. It's important that you guys know that. <laughs> I've had classes here where it's like I felt like how our assignments have been, like they're a lot more like creative or innovative than others. Because I feel like, to me, like an average class will have the kind of layout of like, it's a very simple, like you'll have exams and papers and like this very by the numbers like a very safe kind of generic layout. And then I've had classes that honestly like lean more into like a practical aspect of whatever class it's about. I mean, certain classes, it's kind of unavoidable that you'll need to have like papers or whatever. Like we're both English majors. So classes like that, like it'd be insane to uh, have any English class that didn't involve any form of writing. But like we also take a lot of film classes 
And I think I've only had maybe one film class that actually has like leaned into the idea of like doing any like practical filming when it didn't have to. Because there are classes like you're in one now that is about like practical filmmaking. But this class was like, it was a call 100 about like the history of Hollywood. But our final exam wasn't like a test. It was, he had us do like a video essay that kind of involved like getting like archive footage from whatever movie we were talking about, like cutting it together, like doing all that stuff. And that was really interesting just because like that to me is just more grabbing than if I had to like sit down and take a three hour final or write like an eight page paper. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And I think that's, something that we often forget about, um, not only just in our academic life, but also just like in the professional and just real world. Um, creativity is something that just fuels so much of us. Creativity really inspires passion. Creativity is what, you know, inspires your ambition and your desire just to like do the best that you can because your mind is working in a way that we're not usually encouraged for it to work. And you're kind of pushing past the boundaries and the ideas of what maybe you thought was possible. And so I think that's what makes it so hard sometimes to write that eight page paper is it feels like it's just a structure. It's a page and there's margins and there's a font. And, you know, yeah, maybe you can get creative with your subject matter or the style of your writing. But beyond that, sometimes there's other approaches to like showing comprehension of content material and just showing learning that could go beyond just like a very standard approach to assessment. And I think those beyond standard approaches are the ones that are most memorable and the ones that you learn the most from. Scanning. Okay. What's always fun for me is when it's like, I can feel like a assignment that I'm doing is more personal. Like I'm not just doing something that anybody else could write about. Like even in English classes, like I'm sure I'm not the first one to have like the interpretation I have of like a play or a book and the one to write about it in this way. But like when it comes to being given a very like broad and more open assignment, there's a lot more room to have like your fingerprints more on whatever is happening, whether that's in how you're delivering the content, how like what you're going to talk about, like it's more freeing. And I think that also it helps the professor because all you're not just going to compare every thing to like other students each one will more or less stand on their own as a reflection of that individual student negative you disagree with what i said negative so, sorry i'm just like pushing buttons at this point you're um, that was a double negative order in the court oh okay well anyway i don't know if i were a professor i would get kind of bored after like 30 to 100 eight page papers but like having a variety of like videos, poems, art, like that would be kind of fun for me to go through, but that's just like a personal opinion. This is the Steely Podcast. Students and teachers learning together. You know, I, I mean, I don't know about you, Jacob, I think for me, it's like making those connections between like creativity for me is like taking concepts and connecting them when they weren't connected before. Mm. And I feel like for me, especially with like the liberal arts is something that I always come back to when thinking about this, just like connecting the concepts between your classes, even like, mm. not necessarily even within the same class, but like, sometimes I don't even know. You'll be taking multiple classes at once and you'll realize like, oh my gosh, these fit together perfectly and you can take concepts that you've already learned and apply them in a different way. And I feel like that's, to me, 
speaks of creativity. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny how, like, at least in my opinion, my experience, class classes and class structures have often、mm. felt like some sort of limiting factor in、mm. my education, which probably isn't really what they are to me, but it feels like something I need to break out of.、Mm. So I think that trying to make connections between classes or doing a research project that is separate from a class will、yeah. make me feel like. I have less limitation on myself, which is completely constructed, but it, it does help me feel motivated. It、yeah. helps me feel like I'm doing something that's like beyond, I don't know, the traditional expectations in a classroom. I have a class called Fake News, which with is with, which is with、um, Professor Small, who's the head of research at SWEM. Shout out, she's the coolest.、Um, and we have like a project called Pink Time, where you basically just like kind of get to do whatever. Huh. But it's just like related to the class, and it can be like any format you want. You just have to like present what you found. Yeah.、Um, and it was super fun, and it was really great not only to do my project, but also just to see everybody else's and the completely different directions that they took it.、Um, Because it's like a fake news class, so some people, one person like looked at the differences between like the Harry Potter books and the movies. One person looked at the Taylor Swift fandom. I looked at supplements that Alex Jones sells on Infowars. It、uh-huh. was just like so fascinating to see those different little like passion projects that people love, and I feel like that even sparked my creativity even more. Just like seeing what other people were coming up with. Yeah, and I think the the instructors or whoever's facilitating these classroom environments can. Try to recognize that different people's creativity is going to look different.、Yeah. Obviously, well, I say obviously, but sometimes it isn't so obvious, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And the fact that, like, just by giving people space to explore an idea and bring their own ideas to the table and make those connections between previous experiences to other classes, whatever the subject is, I think does. Let the class breathe a little、yeah. bit more, and it lets people just explore a bit more in a, in a creative way. Professors, give your students some space. Give, <laughs> give them us some space, space to to grow, like、yeah. the little saplings we are. Whew! I'm out of breath, Claire. Why are you out of breath, Jacob? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, they start laughing. I feel like they're jeering at me. They think I'm funny. Mm. They would be the only one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh!、Um, What have we learned today? I've learned how to be more creative. I think. Actually, I haven't listened to any of the segments. <laughs> so I really don't know. <laughs> For context, <laughs> as we're recording this, we have not listened to anything yeah, in the episode. I have no idea. But I assume、on. we talked a lot of good conversations about. We talked a lot of conversations. <laughs> what you say? Some very effective conversations about creativity. Do you feel more creative, Jacob? I think so. I think that I am always looking to let myself breathe and keep my eyes open and watch the world around me for opportunities to be more creative, to listen to people more intently and productively. And I think a lot of the lessons that we learned today in the podcast connects back to that that larger objective that I have personally. That's beautiful, Jacob. I I hear you. You've learned a lot about creativity. I personally have learned how to drown out the background noise that's constantly <laughs> filtering in our studio here, but I'm sure I also learned things about creativity along the way. Thank you so much, you all, for、uh, tuning in this week. Next week we have a great conversation about something else. Something else. Well, <laughs> that's terrifying. <laughs>
The disembodied people are laughing at us again. No, no. I feel like I'm on the Truman Show. <laughs> um, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, smash that like button. Turn on the bell so you never miss the <laughs> I don't know if this is how normal podcasts get recorded. Just like does, does Roy do this to everybody? <laughs> <laughs> Mom! <laughs>